Chances are you might have a classic Johnny Mathis Christmas record in your collection. For over 60 years, Johnny has entertained millions and has sold more than 360 million records nationwide, which ranks third among 20th century artists only behind Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra. Johnny's been nominated for an Academy Award, made well over 300 television appearances, has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and boasts a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. His Merry Christmas album from 1968 has sold over 6 million records, which is one of the top Christmas albums of all time. And I don't know about you, but if I don't hear Johnny singing Winter Wonderland or Sleigh Ride, it simply isn't Christmas. And this Grammy Award-winning legend joins us this morning. Merry Christmas, Johnny. Thank you so much. What a great introduction. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, man. And and that was just really the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you you are an amazing guy, and I am thrilled you are joining us. And as I said to you, uh, it's just not Christmas without hearing your iconic voice. That's a wonderful, wonderful feeling that I have at Christmas time because I come from a large family. There are, there are seven kids. My mom and my dad were domestic workers, so we didn't have very much money. But at Christmas time, my mom and my dad were just absolutely in, the most inventive people I've ever met in my life. And of course, I was all the time, I was going to school and uh, singing in choirs and things of that nature. So when I got a chance, uh, after I had a couple of hit records uh, for Columbia Records, uh, to make uh, whatever kind of music I wanted to, the first thing I thought about was making some Christmas songs for my mom and my dad. And awesome. over the years, to uh, to have the success that I've had with this Christmas music is, is just uh, a wonderful it, it it makes my mom and my dad uh, never leave me because yeah. it's, it's it's such a wonderful wonderful thing that has happened because when I hear this music uh, of course I think about them all the time. Well, I want to first establish how you got into music. You know, you were mentioning your family. You were born in Gilmer, Texas. Big family you grew up in. Yeah, my mom and my dad were, were very special people. Um, they, they're in my thoughts and in my daily routine uh, all the time. Um, I was born in Gilmer, Texas. Uh, my mom and my dad moved the family uh, very early on. I think I was about four years old when I moved to San Francisco. And um, my dad was a very good singer, uh, and he played the piano a little bit by ear. He didn't, uh, uh, wasn't trained musically, but... Uh, the minute I hear myself sing, I sound exactly like my dad. My dad was a very good singer, and uh, he was the reason that um, I sing uh, to this day. We Very early on, he thought that, uh, because I was always sitting by his knee, and he was playing the piano and singing, and he said, uh, son, let's find a, a teacher for you. And uh, that sort of started the whole uh, uh, scenario with my with my career. Uh, Daddy found a teacher, a vocal teacher for me when I was 12, and we worked together, my uh, my voice teacher, uh, Connie Cox. Connie Cox, yeah. One, yeah, wonderful lady who, uh, who taught me free of charge, uh, and I did a lot of work around her house to, uh, to sort of pay for my lessons. And uh, we worked for about seven years, and then uh, at the age of 19, um, I got my first big break for Columbia Records. Well, let, let me ask you this. What was, do you remember the first song your father taught you? Because I know you learned all of his songs, hearing him around the house and so forth. Do you remember the first song he taught you? Molly and me and baby makes three. We're happy in my blue heaven. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's was, awesome. Uh, yeah, Dad sang that, and... Yeah. He had a, a, a wonderful uh, a menage of, of 
of likes as far as his uh, his music was concerned. He loved Bing Crosby. He thought that uh, that he was uh, sort of a, a span the generations as far as his uh, his singing was concerned. But he also liked rhythm and blues and a lot of jazz. So that's the way I grew up, was listening to all this uh, this musical element. And uh, I kind of uh, have, over the years, gone through a lot of it myself. Well, we are talking to music legend Johnny Mathis, Mr. Christmas. And there's more with Johnny after a look at the roads, Mayor. Dave Plyer, 720 WGN. We're talking to music legend Mr. Christmas himself, the legendary Johnny Mathis. Johnny, you had a choice when you were in high school. You were very athletic, but you also had music in your blood. And ultimately, music won out. Well, my athletic career was kind of buoyed by the fact that uh, I went to school at the same time with Bill Russell, the uh, the great basketball player. And he and I became buddies. And uh, I had a lot of success in my high jumping. I even broke a couple of Bill Russell's records, uh, high jump records. Um, But... uh, yeah, uh, and during the, the week that I was to go to uh, to the Olympic trials uh, at Berkeley, California, uh, I got my first opportunity to go uh, make my first recording. Prior to that, I had uh, had a lot of opportunities to go on the road with uh, different uh, bands and what have you, but my dad wouldn't hear of it. He uh, he thought I should stay in school and, and wait until something a little bit more uh, realistic came along. And so when the the record contract happened, he said, well, uh, you know, I think this is this might be your best choice. But it's, but at such a young age, I mean, you were playing in 1954. You were playing the famous Black Hawk. Uh, that 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 is cool in and of itself. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Well, you know, I lived in San Francisco, and uh, I went to all the jazz clubs. Uh, I couldn't go uh, go during their working hours because uh, they served liquor, and uh, I was underage. Sure. But I went on the weekends, and uh, I used to sit and listen to people like Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, Earl Garner, uh, singers like Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan. All of these people came through and played this little jazz club called the Blackhawk. And uh, the uh, the owners of the club got accustomed to seeing me on the uh, on Saturday afternoons when I would go in and, and listen to them rehearse. And, uh, of course, they put me in the corner and didn't uh, bother with me. But I got a chance to meet all of these extraordinary people at a very early age. And then, of course, when I started to sing, uh, I got to meet them in a different way. And, yeah. uh, and, they, and we, I was friends, you know, with people like Dizzy Gillespie and, wow. and Miles Davis and wow. everybody kept asking me, how on earth do you know these people? I said, <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh, my God. It was cool. Yeah, it was the coolest thing in the world. Well, you've been with Columbia Records, Sony, for most of your career. That is quite unheard of these days and, and really quite incredible. It's kind of amazing, but every year since I've been with Columbia Records, I've had uh, uh, some releases, uh, I think... Um, I'd be afraid to try to remember how many and uh, all of the single records that I've recorded and yeah. all the albums and what have you. Yeah. But yeah. It's, the, it's, the great uh, asset, the greatest asset that I had growing up was were the people that I met uh, in the studio and who agreed to work with me. Uh, and they are as responsible 
for my success as as my voice is. You're such a humble. Like, you're so humble to um, say that, and that's wonderful that you, that you look at that as a team. But you sold 350 million records, mostly under Columbia. <laughs> you know, so you can't not love that. Well, it's a uh, it's a, an amazing career I've had, uh, and I kind of uh, uh, still feel awed by it all. But I, I still. I'm still kind of eager to do things vocally. Uh, over the years, I've met some extraordinarily gifted uh, people. When I was very young, my voice teacher used to play me these recordings by these great opera singers and what have you. And, and of course, I tried a little bit of that. And uh, I'd get to the most difficult part of the aria, and I'd have to stop because I couldn't sing the rest of it. <laughs> but I learned a lot of half of the arias uh, exactly. when I was a kid studying voice. Uh, so uh, over the years, uh, I've uh, I've gotten an opportunity to meet some of these extraordinarily gifted people. Uh, the ones that come to mind are Leontine Price and Beverly Sills, who were two of my favorite singers. Johnny, the, the record Merry Christmas, one of the best-selling Christmas albums of all time, was your seventh studio album, but it was your first Christmas album. And you were mentioning you did it for your parents. Yeah, Mom and Dad were, uh, you know, my two of my favorite people in the world. They were the most wonderful, extraordinarily, extraordinary people, raising seven children on domestic wages that they earned. Uh, and I, to this day, I, I marvel at what they did. But Christmas was always kind of special in the house, and they they made it really special, even though they were, you know, not had no money. They just, uh, you don't have uh, to have money to make <laughs> the holidays special, though. Yeah, right? and I yeah. I got uh, I got caught up in, in Christmas uh, mostly because of the music, uh, because I sang in a lot of choirs. And uh, I used to sing in in the in the choirs in in school, and we would go to the different department stores, and they they'd put us way up high someplace, and we'd sing for half an hour, and then we'd go and wander around the, the store, and then we'd go back and sing for another half hour. We'd sing uh, Christmas carols, and that's that's the thing that sort of uh, I remember most. And uh, and of course, when I got an opportunity to to record more or less whatever I wanted to at Columbia, the first thing I really wanted to do was make some Christmas music uh, and dedicate it to my mom and dad. You think about them when you when you hear those songs. You do absolutely. Without with they never leave me. Um, I have their pictures all over the place, and of course, I have. Uh, Three of my brothers and sisters are still uh, around, and uh, uh, we uh, we get together all the time. We're very close, uh, and I've been able to uh, to do a lot of things uh, uh, that, uh, uh, and especially around Christmas time, uh, it means a lot to a lot of people, and uh, I, I love being able to uh, uh, to help people out around Christmas time. Your music has spanned generations. I mean, generations after generation. It's like a dream come true. Uh, I never, ever, ever, ever thought that success would happen for me. I I used to consider success as whether I learned my vocal technique or not from my voice teacher who spent hours and hours with me uh, teaching me how to uh, 
uh, relax my vocal cords so that the the air would supported by the diaphragm would flow over it, and I wouldn't harm my voice over the over the you know the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. eons that you have to sing 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 all the time and use your voice in daily routine. Uh, so that was always the thing that I was really interested in, and so when I had the success with these recordings, especially the Christmas music, because it was my favorite. It was my mom and my dad's music. So, I mean, I was over the moon. Couldn't believe that. it. Love Still that. to this day, it, it's it's uh, it's kind of mind-boggling. You're no stranger to Chicago. Oh, gosh. Well, I used to work at a little jazz club called Black Orchid was the name of it. The Black Orchid, okay. And it's down the street from Mr. Kelly's, about five blocks from Mr. Kelly's, which was a famous... Uh, uh, nightclub, uh, but the uh, this place that I worked was kind of a bar, and uh, and I worked there for three or four years uh, for some real nice guys, and uh, met a lot of I met a, a wonderful singer by the name of Lurleen Hunter, uh, who's an absolutely wonderful singer, and she gave it all up and got married and had uh, had a family, um, but yeah, I used to, and then I, I started working at that. That's the venue on the uh, on the lake, uh, the big. Uh, okay. You know, was it the Airy Crown or was it the Airy uh, Crown Theater? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for many years, uh, and I love Chicago. It's it's big and it's body and it's wonderful and um, a lot of memories for me. Well, Johnny will be back in Chicago in 2023 for his Christmas show. You can get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. And for more on Johnny, visit JohnnyMathis.com. Johnny, always a pleasure catching up with you, my friend, and I hope you and yours have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you so much. It's going to be Christmas. I love it. It is. Merry Christmas, Johnny. Thank you. You too. All right. Mr. Christmas, the legendary Johnny Mathis. Can't get better than that. Much more ahead on 720 WGN.